You're tuned in to East Tennessee's premier sports radio call-in show. This is The Drive. Hello, good afternoon, and welcome to another stellar edition of The Drive here on Fan Run Radio. Russell Smith punching the time clock on a rainy, cold Wednesday afternoon in East Tennessee. Hope you're doing well. We get down to it. I am in the stately Smith Manor home studios this afternoon. Bear and Marcus holding things down at Fan Run Central. Good afternoon, Bear. How are you, sir? Uh... Not not too bad. Uh, I, Russ, I watched another depressing movie. Uh, was it a depressing movie, or did you just rewatch Tennessee-Auburn basketball from Saturday? No, I'm not rewatching that. I didn't think that was that depressing. It was just so bad, it was almost comical. Well, let's just hope we don't have another repeat here this afternoon. Marcus, are you well, my friend? Uh, doing pretty well, Russ. All things Bear, I'm considered, not, I'm not giving you the blow off on on your movie. We'll get to it later. I just not a block material right now, my friend. We oh, got I feel a game you. tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We're playing Vandy in Nashville. Let's get up for it. Well, that was met with a resounding indifference from the uh, White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Here's the deal, guys. Here's the deal. Voluntary reaction afterwards. We got a long one ahead of us. As uh, we'll be with you 9 p.m. ish, Davey Hudson will be in the mix with us as we break things down to levels beyond scientific and hopefully, hopefully, drinking from the keg of glory. Folks, I think this is a big game tonight. Like, for real. I, I, I think this when is what that is going on to you. tell us a lot tonight about this <laughs> Tennessee basketball team, where they're at. If Tennessee really is a contender, like we all hope they are. They come out and beat Vanderbilt tonight on the road. If Tennessee struggles again and they don't look in sync offensively, and we're sitting here uh, tonight on voluntary reaction talking about another lackluster win or, heaven forbid, a loss, then I think we have real problems. And I'll start to be a little worried about the possibility of this team kind of falling apart down the stretch. I don't know about falling apart, but they definitely appear to have – it appears to the outside observer that they've kind of hit a wall. Energy-wise, I think they're a little banged up. But, yeah, I mean, even if they win, if our offense looks like garbage again tonight, it might be time to uh, – I wouldn't Everybody say panic. Everybody panic. We're panicking. No, but I mean, as always, I've got matches in a in a mattress ready to go, Russ. Well, I, I think the word you used that is the operative word is appear. We appear to be tired, appear to be hitting a wall, appear yeah. to be banged up. Appearances can be deceiving, though. And that's why, like, if we go out there tonight, this is a Vanderbilt team that, I mean, they're they're just not very good. Tennessee beat them by nine at home not playing particularly well just a couple of weeks ago. I think if Tennessee goes out there and and they win this game, you know, 71 to 60-ish, they're 10-and-a-half-point favorite over at FanDuel, you win like that, 
I think that those appearances, I, I think we can, we won't put that talk to bed, but we'll say, okay, well, maybe it was just the fact that last week Tennessee ran into two pretty good defensive teams that were psyched up to be playing the number two team in the country. We got their absolute best effort and didn't handle it well, particularly in Gainesville. And when you're playing a team, and I, I think I deleted this note from that I had on my uh, my sheet here from yesterday, but I think uh, Vanderbilt, like 150-ish, give or take a dozen spots in Ken Palm's defensive efficiency rankings. Missouri is even worse than that. I think if Tennessee comes out and looks competent offensively, I don't expect this to look like a juggernaut offensive team. I just don't think they are one. But if they look competent offensively as opposed to incompetent, which is what they looked like both games last week on the offensive side of the court, I think we say, all right, this team more kind of is who we thought they were. This is a hold serve week. You beat Vanderbilt. You beat Missouri. You can, I don't want to say get this thing back on track because I don't think it's off track, but you can get those get Everybody fans. to calm down. Yeah, you could get those fans whose confidence was shaken a little bit last week to quit the belly aching and say, "All right, all right, we'll we'll see this out. <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna light those mattresses on fire just yet. We'll put the kerosene back in the garage, put the pitchfork back where it belongs in the shed, and calm down, if only for a couple more days." Uh, the one thing that, that kind of concerns me, and it, it, it's something that I think you brought up, I'm almost positive it was you, not Davey, um, the, the deal with Tennessee is everybody plays us so physical and, and gets so up for us, and Vanderbilt is bad as they are, but that, that kind of works to their disadvantage, I feel like, as they get too caught up in it. Yeah, I think that going back to Kevin Stallings, that was their thing, is like they – they always look, oh, this is a big rivalry game and Tennessee bullies us and we're, damn it, we're not going to be bullied. And so it's like they try to play too physical sometimes against Tennessee and they forget that basketball, even though, yes, it is a physical game at its heart, has there has to be an element of finesse there as well, I believe. By the way, speaking of physicality and basketball and um, and all that stuff, did you see... Have you, have you been keeping up with this Dawn Staley, Gino Oriema feud? Uh, no, not surprising, though, considering that Don smacked him around last week. Well, it was a four-point win, but it was – Yeah, it, but he it's don't like losing. The comments coming out of it – because something, something struck me about this, and I want to see if you guys have the same thought. So, for those of you who are not aware, following uh, the women's game – South Carolina coach Dawn Staley strongly defended her top-ranked Lady Gamecocks on Tuesday following critical comments by UConn coach Gino Oriema two days earlier. Oriema said after the Gamecocks' 81-77 victory that the Huskies guard forward Lou Lopez Senecal had bruises on her body from the game. He said, quote, it's just appalling what teams do to her now. It's not basketball anymore. I don't know what it is, but it's not basketball. Staley fired back yesterday on her radio call-in show saying when her team has success, quote, we're called something other than players that are locked in. They play the right way, she said, 
and approach it the right way, whether they win or lose. We don't denounce anybody's play. There's always uplifting games. And when we're getting our heads beat in by UConn for all those years, I said nothing. So Gino defending his player, uh, trying to get some calls, all that stuff, accusing Dawn Staley's team of being overly physical. I I don't want to go ahead. I'm sorry. Here's what what stands out to me. Here's why I bring this up in the, in the first segment, the uh, lady Vols lost again last night or um, the night before. And you know, people are starting to grumble a little bit, dude. That's what people used to say about the lady Vols. Tennessee basketball used to be the bullies. We used to be the team that are like, oh, man, like they play too hard. There, there's there's an aggression there. There's an edge. We're bruised. Like Tennessee used to be the team. I'm a, I love that. If I'm a South Carolina fan, I love that the great Gino Oriema is complaining about my team being too physical. That's that's kind of what people say or hint around, you know, about Barnes's team is that Look, they're out there street fighting instead of playing basketball at times. I love that, man, because to me that shows that the other team, the other fans, like their heads aren't in the game, man. We're, we've gotten in, in their heads. That's what Tennessee needs to get back to. And again, again, not calling for a coaching change. We're probably not the show to do that. We don't cover it enough. No. But if there is one and it it's – to me, seems almost inevitable at this point, whether it's, I don't think it'll happen after this year, but eventually, and Kara Lawson, I, I don't know. She She's obviously doing a rebuilding job there at Duke. Her record wasn't very good the first year. It's much better this year. But one thing I can almost guarantee about her, her teams will never not be the physical aggressors out there. Well, yeah, because she was uh, – when she was a Lady Vols, one thing I remember, I mean, she was one of the Lady Vols that when you play her, you might leave with some bruises. And I think that's really rich coming from Gino, um, considering that it, – it's it's not a garden party, Russ. You don't no. think that the – you don't think uh, the men have bruises after some of the physical games? It's college basketball. It's it, And it's not men's or women's. It's just – it's high-level college basketball. It's a very physical game. Well, I, I think he knows that. I think he's protecting his player and trying to get her calls down the road. I don't think he really thinks that South Carolina is doing something above board because he has to have some level of self-awareness and realize that his team has done the exact same thing for years and years and years. But, man, if I'm South Carolina, if I'm Don Staley, I love that. To me, it's like the ultimate compliment. And I like the way she fires back, too, because that's what Pat used to do. Ain't nobody going to badmouth Pat's program in public and not get an earful. And guess what? The next time South Carolina and UConn tangle on the court, they're going to play even harder. And she's gonna, that poor girl's going to leave with even more bruises on her body. They're not backing down. They're not changing. If anything, they'll just put on more steam. Gino's just pouring gas on the fire. But I kind of get what he's doing. I thought that was interesting. Folks, we got a big show today. Lucas Widespread Panzika joins. It's a double Nashville day. Josh Pate from the Late Kick, who also uh, bases out of Nashville, will join us on the show here this afternoon. Speaking of Music City, Vols have won 13 of the last 14 against Vandy. 11 in a row 
against the Commodores. 11 wins in a row. That's the longest streak in the history of this series. Six wins in a row at Memorial for the Volunteers. And those numbers are pretty damning if I'm a Vanderbilt fan. I know Tennessee's been very good here during that streak. I guess that goes back about six years since uh, Barnes got Tennessee rolling. But uh, Bear, um, it's getting to that point where we have to remind people it's, it has been six years, but this used to be a rivalry. You know, Kevin Stallings beat Tennessee when, when Bruce Pearl had it rolling. Um, Vanderbilt used bit. to have a program, Russ. Yeah. Um, if I'm a Vanderbilt, I mean, you know, they do have, they've got an elite baseball program. There's no denying that. They won a natty. Uh, but, you know, they weren't. They, I wouldn't say they lived in the NCAA tournament, but you saw him in that, like, what, maybe once or twice every four-year cycle? I mean, they were definitely year in and year out a bubble team, and, I mean, it's like they, they don't care about anything other than it seems like baseball. And I feel like that's kind of slipped with – and I think some of that may have to do with Tony Vitello's arrival into the league. He's kind of sucked all the air out of the room, but uh, – yeah. I mean, I remember when we used to be – I mean, I'm, and it's not like I'm not nervous about tonight's game because it's down there. It's Memorial. I've seen wacky stuff happen in that gym. But it, it's not like the old days. We'd really be sweating this one right now. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I can remember – if you really want to get up on the porch, back in the radio days when these games weren't all televised, I remember many nights sitting in the room with uh, listening to John Ward – and I mean, those were like Tennessee more often than not lost when you go to Memorial Gymnasium and you're playing against Will Perdue and Billy McCaffrey and Frank Secker and, you know, some of the, the greats that they've had there through the years, or at least uh, uh, good players that gave Tennessee fits through the years. And man, they haven't had a decent team in, in five or six years, it seems. I don't think Gary, uh, Jerry Stackhouse is is the guy to to get that program going. So I'll be interested to hear from Lucas what the mood like is around that program because uh, they need to get – I mean, hey, I, like if, if they want to continue to suck, then I guess as Tennessee fans will allow that because it's a couple of easy dubs on the schedule each year. But from just an entertainment perspective and a rivalry perspective and all that stuff, I feel like – this rivalry is better. This league is better when Vanderbilt's at least decent. They're not even decent right now. They suck. Yeah, they're they're not good. I think you're a little bit too quick on Coach Stackhouse. I feel like they need to, you know, it wouldn't hurt him to stay there another three years, Russ. <laughs> Rick Barnes well, says he's doing a fine job. And I'm I think sure, that I'm Nate sure Oates so. and Eric Musselman and Calipari also felt, you know, echoed. Those those sentiments. Boy, Musselman took uh, Cal across his knee and spanked him on national TV last night, didn't he? Kentucky, our our Kentucky brethren up north of the border, our coal mining friends, they're in a bad place today, Russ. I don't know if you've kept up with that. They're they're in a bad place. I'm not. I, I feel like every time we go overboard on the Kentucky Schadenfreude, it blows up in our face. Okay, we have the good emergency. Point. Uh, Twitter spaces last year after they lost to St. Whoever, Peters. I can't even remember. And then and then we lost to Michigan the very next day. And then, like, I feel like our fans were just 
they, I feel like they were listening to more KSR than they were listening to Fan Run leading up to the last game, and and they came in here pretty much slapped us around on our, our home court is quite embarrassing. So I'm going to I'm going to have a good chuckle. I'm going to look on with amusement. I'm going to plod the efforts of Arkansas and the fighting Musselmans last night, but I'm not going to dance on their graves. I'm not going to make any comments about uh, what a somber day it must be in the coal mines this afternoon. I'm not going to do that, Bear. I'm not going to tempt the wrath of the whatever from high atop the thing. It's not my style. Speaking of struggling, did you see Bruce Pearl last night? No, I did not. Did they lose again? Yes. Man, they're not, not gonna that, he he almost like he had to be held back. He was about to go into the stands after a fan last night. He caught on camera cursing out a fan. Yeah, it's not uh he's not handling the stress of, of this season very well. He uh, was ready to go after uh Marcus, did you see this? Pearl, they had to hold him back and tear him out of there at Texas A&M. He was ready to go up there and grab one of those milkmen by the throat and slap him around on national television, almost a malice at the palace incident. Where was Stephen F. and Pearl? <laughs> Probably with uh, War Eagle Karen. Maybe so. Escorting her from the premises. 865-546-8200. So we do have open lights this hour. If you want to chime in, 865 865- Five four six eight two zero zero. your number to get on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Quick break. LeBron gets the record last night. We'll talk about it when we continue. Stay tuned. It's The Drive. More Fan Run Radio coming up. Radio, the drive continues. Russell Barrett, Marcus Young cruising with you on a Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon edition of the show. 865-546-8200, your number to get on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Greg on the Twitter machine says Bruce will be sending out religious stuff on Twitter this week. That's usually what happens when he loses his bleep. Does he? I never I noticed, noticed that. Uh, well, he does. He does lean into the the Jewish thing at, at times on Twitter, and um, he he will get political at times. Like I've noticed, he's lean into the Jewish thing. Yeah. Well, you know, like uh, talk about his talk about the you know if there's an anti-Semitic incident or something like that, or if yeah, absolutely. You know, some anything Israel related, he he will tweet a lot about. I don't think it's the same as like it's not the same like for instance the right reverend Hugh Freeze. Like he definitely will pull that. Well, I don't know that he does it after losses or anything. I do think it's it's just is it sad on some level? I mean, we had the conversation last week about I think most of us for being honest still have a soft spot in our hearts for Bruce Pearl. But to see him, and, and you know, he went, took Auburn to a Final Four. He won the SEC tournament, I think, at least once against us, maybe a couple of other times. Um, I'll tell you what it is, Russ. You know, because that 
Bruce is always in that analogy. We have the the you know the hot girl you re- you really didn't want to break up with. Yeah. But then you know a few years down the road you see her out. She's a hot mess. And it kind of well, kind of kills it a little bit. It stands in stark contrast last night because he's he's over there and I, I made the the comment he went from the best dressed man in the SEC, if not all of college basketball when he was at Tennessee, to the frumpiest guy in the league. He's over there in a pair of sweatpants and an untucked polo shirt. I mean, he looks like a slob. With tennis shoes and a and a beard. Yeah, his scruffy beard. Like he just he looks awful over there. He's all hunched over now. Is like I don't know if he's got back issues or hip problems or both or what. But he can he's like hobbling around over there and and now he's going after people in the stands and everything. And I just can't bear to see him like this, uh, Bear. I wish he'd retire and go be on TV. He'd be great on TV. I mean, if, if Dick Vitale is ready to hang up the headset and he can't have much longer left. I mean, you want a new face slash voice of college basketball, Bruce Pearl He'd be that guy. He'd be that lightning rod, just like Vital is, man. There'd be plenty of haters out there. There'd be plenty. Of, there, there wouldn't be many people not watching, though. Be a great evangelist for the sport. Did you see him? Uh, you were talking about how he's he's kind of slumped down. The, and they said it's the way he walks when he gets. I don't remember him looking like the penguin. Did you see him chase <laughs> after that referee? Like what? He's the penguin. He does. He oh, waddled man. over there like his knees did. Like he was just walking from his hips. It's ah, like his I'm knees were few yeah. straight. It's sad, man. I can't bear to see him like this. And especially last night, he's coaching against Texas A&M. And, you know, you got Buzz Williams on the other sideline. He's like the last coach in America that still dresses to the nines on the sideline. Well, I guess no, him and uh, Stackhouse. But, like, Buzz is over there at the, in his little vest. And the back of it's pink for some reason. I'm not sure if that's a breast cancer thing or whatever. But uh, he's a dandy. Well, isn't that weird, too? Because like Buzz Williams is not a handsome man. No, but he looks pro. I'm I'm not trying to be rude. He's just not. He kind of looks like a thumb. But but he puts in the effort with the with his threads. Well, yeah, because he's, uh, you know, I've always been told I was always told by several several different uh Guys, you know, people I looked up, men I looked up to, kind of mentor, you know, you, you dress, the rule is you dress for the job you want, not the job you have. And you come to work looking professional. I mean, that's what I take away. And that's why, you know, even though I don't think Stackhouse is going to make it, he always kind of impressed me because, man, he looks the part. Like he's, he, you know, it's, he's a professional. But he's coming from the NBA where those guys dress up, or they used to. So, friend of mine uh, who's, who's, who's coaching said that, he guarantees you the assistants on Buzz Williams' staff hate the fact that he dresses up like that because I think all the assistants have to wear suits too. And like getting that fat Texas A&M paycheck, SEC basketball paycheck. I, I guarantee wear, you. I guarantee you, me and you and Marcus would be wearing suits if we were getting paid that kind of cheese. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do, but then you're looking down the sideline and there's Rick Barnes, and I guarantee you our boy Ganey. Uh, loves being able to show up in his Air Force Ones and his quarter zip. Yeah, but you know what? Even though Barnes is is not in the suits like he used to be, 
he doesn't he doesn't look sloppy. And the no, Tennessee staff, yeah. I mean, they're wearing, you know, they look you sharp. Cl- you're, you're clean shaven. Your clothes fit. Like you got a good fit on, nice pair of slacks, and uh, and your shoes like match too. They kind of accentuate. I like the. I noticed Heupel has been wearing those uh, black and white Air Force Ones too. Like those. That's kind of a sharp look. Yeah, I mean Heupel. He's that's a hype daddy though. Isn't that funny how that changed? Winning changes everything. Like he was kind of you know. I mean, I heard people taking shots online. He's not. He's not a handsome guy either. I mean, no. He's, he's, it is what it is. But I mean, we've had some of the players, and, I, and I've talked to them. You know, I met a couple of the – have gotten to meet a couple of players in the program now, and, like, they'll all tell you, like, if you ask them who throws the best ball, and they really meant Hooker Milton, and I've had two different players tell me Heupel. He can still sling it. No, he's, I, he's, getting, I he's sliding into middle age now. Yeah, I don't know we're going to have anybody who, who throws it like – like Big Joe ever again. But enough about that. Let's get to the phones here. 865-546-8200, your number to get on board. We'll start with Diablo. Good afternoon, Diablo. You're on the drive, Fan Run Radio. I didn't know East Tennessee has become the new Seattle, I guess, with this weather. Uh, I mean, it's been nice the past couple of days, but we just reverted back to what it's been like for most of the past month today. Hey Russell, what what do you think the crowd will be like at Vandy? Uh, you think we'll have a you think we'll be painting that uh, dump orange? Yeah, I mean, I think there's I don't think it's going to be a sellout. I'm going to ask Lucas. Hopefully, we can get a some some insight from LP here next hour. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be a sellout because Vanderbilt fans have kind of tuned out on this team. But I do think it's going to be at least fifty percent orange in there. I, I don't think they're going to have much of a home court advantage. Yeah, that's a, logistically that that place. Even though we've had a really really good run of success, it just seems like we don't ever have our best games there. So I'm just I'm hoping we have a better shooting night and just pull out a big W and, and bring it home. Uh, man, it really was enjoyable watching Arkansas spank Kentucky last night at Rupp at Rupp Arena because I was like Bear yesterday. I didn't figure any of those Rupperies would let them get out with that win, but they looked impressive. And they're I tell you, they're starting to peak at the right time. And with that being said, my question is, looking at our remaining schedule, what do you anticipate Tennessee, just off the top of your head, what do you think we'll do this last month? Uh, let me let me pull up the um, the schedule here. But I, I had the same thoughts. Diablo, I went down that it. Arkansas game. I was thinking, like, this is probably the best year. If, if you're only going to play them once like we are this year, this is probably – uh, a year you would want to have them in Fayetteville. We play them up here, though. That's going to be a tough game now, I think. Now, I don't think Kentucky played well. Like, Arkansas had so many runouts, just breakaway, layup, like, and Tennessee doesn't give up any of those. So I'm not really worried about that. I think we'll play better defense against uh, uh, Arkansas's point guard, who had a great game last night. Yeah, their length, their, their length is concerning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna be more athletic than Tennessee. There's no doubt about that. So we're gonna have just have to out basketball them. But I, I think we can do it. There's there's a lot of basketball left to be played there. I mean, look, we got some tough games coming up. But assuming Tennessee wins both games this week, which this is a dangerous game we're playing, right? But we'll go ahead and and assume they win these two. Then you got six left. 
Alabama at home, Kentucky and Lexington. Would we take a split Ooh. there now or are we a top 10 team and we expect to win them both? You know, I don't, I, listen, I, I'll be, I'd love to get them both, but I'm just not sure if we can get them at Rupp Arena. Here, here's the thing. If we want this two seed, I think you have to go at least six and two down the stretch here, preferably seven and one. If you want a one seed, you have to go at least seven and one, probably eight and no. And that's going to be difficult, I think. Who's your early coach of the year in the SEC? Do you think it's the guy down at Texas A&M? No, it's Nate Oates, man. If they win tonight, they haven't opened an SEC conference slate this good since 1955. Well, Bear, a- wonder if Texas A&M comes through and wins the whole dadgum conference somehow or another. Yeah. Would you, I, I, no, I, I just don't see A&M beating, out, beating that Alabama team. Whatever. I think right now, I mean, Oates is in the driver's seat, but I think it could still be Barnes or Buzz Williams based on what happens down the stretch if if one of those teams can overtake Alabama. It's going to be interesting to see, but I, I would say those are your three candidates right now. Uh, has A&M and Alabama already played, or is that game still to be determined? Part of me, one, I, I kind of feel like they've already played one. Yeah, they – played uh, i think bama beat them at home already i don't think Pretty they played soundly. in college station okay all right guys well thanks for a great show hey, going out the door i got a, one more question with uh with rick barnes getting up in years and eventually he's going to hang it up who oh, would boy. be on your early shopping list for coach mm-hmm. ut Oh, boy. I'll hang up and listen, guys. Great show. Oh, boy. Thank you, Diablo. Not Diablo even... just opens up a can of worms on his way out the what? door. you got to love that. That's that's a total clown move by him. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, it's an honest question. He just he he opened, he asked a question that we're not going to get any good answer to here in the uh, well, I mean, top why, half right now. Alabama, or A&M has not played Alabama yet. Really? That'll be a good game. Must have imagined that game. They play Alabama. That is the last game of the season there, and uh, they play in College Station. Okay. So they're only playing them once? You know, imagine a world where Tennessee wins out and Alabama has won out and Tennessee needs to win at Auburn on the last Saturday, March 4th, of the season and needs Texas A&M to beat Alabama in College Station to win a championship. I I think we're walking into a hornet's nest on that last game. Those people are highly upset down there about the way our game ended. And I've gone back and watched. They could have just – there were two fouls that occurred. Two fouls that occurred. I mean, Camwa fouled Wendell Green, but it, that should have never even gotten that far because uh, it was a moving screen. I have well, gone back and watched that last play over and over, and it's textbook moving screen. For some reason, they just did not call it. Like, but both teams made enough mistakes to lose three ball games on Saturday. I, I will. Yeah. I'll be glad to take the W. And as far as walking, look, with with the possible exception of tonight, we're, we're going to be walking into a hornet's nest anytime we go on the road at oh, this point sure. because they've been ranked so highly. We're we're getting everybody's best effort. Yeah. 
but yeah, I mean, that's going to be, you know, it, I, I, I think it's going to be a tough venue, a tough place to play. You know, Bruce always plays us hard and has, has generally beaten Barnes through the years, Unless especially wheels fall down, off down there. there. But I also wonder if Auburn continues to flounder here, you know, what are they going to have left in the tank, both as a team and a fan base by the time we go down there? Yeah. It ain't going to be like the, you know, it seems like every time we've gone down there past, it's been towards the end of the season. They've had a really good team. They're playing for tournament seating, playing for a conference championship, something like that. You know, if, if they're like eight and eight in the league, you know, on the wrong side of the bubble kind of thing when, when we go down there or worse, then maybe it won't be that difficult an environment. Yeah, you never know. Is Bruce working on his worst season, right? His worst record as a Division One coach? Right I don't, they were pretty bad his first two years down there. That is true when he was rebuilding it. Oh, the only other thing I wanted to add in about Alabama, I've watched two basketball teams this year uh, in the NCAA that when they're on, they're almost unbeatable and unstoppable, and that's Houston and Alabama. I haven't. I'll be honest. I haven't watched Houston play. I, I don't know. All I know is they lost to Temple and they play in a weak league, and so I'm kind of skeptical. We lost to Colorado. Colorado. Alabama lost to Oklahoma. We done lost to Colorado, Russ. I tell you what, Colorado can't trust a team that lost to Colorado. We go up there to Kentucky. That, that's going to be a tough one right there. Let's get uh, TJ in here. Good afternoon, TJ. You're on the drive, Fan Run Radio. Hey, what's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Oh, TJ, don't sound so down. It's just one game, brother. Oh, no, I'm not down. Bear was right yesterday. I'm just getting over uh, a cold or whatever it is. So, um, you know, I think last night was the first time we've seen this year a Calipari team get just out athlete um you know against gonzaga we got out coached against michigan state we got out coached by tom Izzo in overtime uh alabama just killed oscar i mean oscar had no but i think last night was the first night where calipari was on the opposite end of what he used to do with teams with the john walls and the brandon knights and the uh you know the foxes and alabama just ran it up and down the court all night. What made me mad was we went zone five minutes into that game, which Cal never does, and we got them to shoot a Hail Mary three-pointer with one second left on the shot clock, and they made it, and he never went to zone again. Why? I just don't get it. Slowed him down. Are we, are we back out on Cal again now? No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I just, He's, he's going <laughs> to coach there until – he either becomes an ambassador or dies. So there, there's no point in figuring that out. Um, but I, I honestly think he's just coasting until he gets next year's recruiting class. And I mean, he didn't even do his postgame show last night after the game. I mean, he, I think he's folded it up this year, and he's trying to just survive and make it. And then You feel like, TJ, you guys – I kind of don't blame him. I feel like you guys have been a little bit ungrateful. The fan base I up there. I blame him. I mean, you're being paid, what, $9 million a year? You don't get to fold it up. 
and quit. You come to work every day and work your ass off trying to win basketball games for that kind of money. Like, I don't care who you are, what you've done before, what your reputation is. Uh, TJ, you guys aren't paying for mailing it in, waiting till next year. That's not okay. If I'm in your no, shoes. It, no, it's definitely not. And, you know, and I get it. I get it. But I don't know about Rupper Reese. Last night, they teed Cal up. They kicked seven Kentucky fans out at halftime for arguing with the ref. Uh, it was Beautiful. it was wild. They kicked the Arkansas fan out, uh, uh, an old lady who was absolutely drunk and was mad that Rupp nice. Arena didn't sell alcohol, so she got kicked out. How so old? What's going on up there at Corrupt Arena, man? You've got uh, ushers flipping off fans. You've got fans getting thrown out by the officials. You've got opposing I fans getting thrown out. What's you guys need to get control of your house up there, TJ. I mean, we're coming up there here in a couple of weeks. We expect to be uh, meted and greeted warmly. I tell you what's happening. It, it, it's the same with what happened to Tennessee football about three years ago where y'all are finally just fed up with it and y'all wanted different results. I started mean, acting out. I think, yeah, I think every fan base goes through it. I think there's a, you know, you've been That's married to your your – You've been married to your woman long enough. You know, about the eighth, not tenth year, there's going to be some issues you got to work out. And yeah. I think that's where we're at with Cal in the 13th year. Yeah, 13 year itch. You finally look over there and you're like, you tell yourself, you know what? I'm going to tell you how I really feel. I'm not sugarcoating hey, it anymore. I, hey, I will say this on my way out, though an amazing stat. Cal's got to change. Um, while Cal has been at Kentucky, NATO. Musselman, uh, Pearl, and Barnes, he, if you add those all up, he's got a losing record with those four coaches. That's kind of alarming if you're Kentucky. Y'all have a go, man. Boy, that, that does kind of ring yeah. a bell of, like, where Tennessee football fans were a couple of years ago. Although my gut reaction to that is Kentucky got a long way to go to bottom out the way we bottomed out. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we hit several layers. They like, hired <laughs> one dud, Billy Clyde Gillespie. We, we had about we had three or four rock bottoms yeah. between we had three or four Billy Clods last year. Hard for me to feel sorry for them with all their uh, the winning that they've done in the past. They're not at rock bottom. They're just – Oh, they're, no. They're just whining about it. Yeah, depressed TJ is my favorite TJ. That was a good call from him today. You should call in more often when he's in, like, emotional pain. <laughs> You're so disturbed. Stay with us. The drive continues. 865-546-8200 if you want to jump on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. 546-8200, your number to get on board. We're back with more right after this. The Drive Fan Run Radio, Russell Bear and Marcus cruising with you here on a rainy Wednesday. We just totally blew off poor Diablo's coaching question there. What was it again? Who who takes over for Mars? Oh God, I don't I just I don't want to have that conversation right now. Yeah, I I, I don't know, man. I I think that Danny I, White's I got a really the, good track record. That's all I'll say. I, I think the job is going to be as attractive as it has ever been when rick barnes hangs it up and i think we should have a lot of guys i know i saw i did see where steve forbes imposed his flat tax on the tar holes last night bear took 
took Carolina to the woodshed. Oh, uh, Coach Forbes got a little upset at the end of that thing. I watched that. There was the inadvertent buzzer in his own gym that allowed North Carolina, because they got it kind of close right there at the end. I think it was 30-something seconds left and allowed North Carolina to completely get set up on their press. And it stopped the clock. You get a little yeah, hot under the collar. They're 16 to 9. They, they haven't been to the tournament yet there. I mean, that's my my one thing is it's his third year. It is Wake, so you have to grade on a little bit of a curve there. But no, um, man. I kind of you can also say it is Wake. I mean, they've got some tradition. Yeah. Well, they I mean, it's it's increasingly in the rearview mirror, though. Who do you think their all-time best player? Wake? Are you serious? Timmy? Yeah. Tim Duncan won Chris Paul, too. Yeah, Duncan's a bad boy. He was, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Doesn't get his due. He's in my top ten. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Your, your top ten that you don't really have it's fluid <laughs> it's it's fluid let's get uh martin in here so it doesn't have to wait through the top of the hour break what's up martin you're on the big orange phillies phone lines good afternoon sir yes russell martin ask marcus does he know anything about the Celtics trading grant williams to cleveland oh oh, oh god i don't like the sound of that is uh, is this a thing, Grant Williams to the Cavs? I have not seen anything about that yet. I, yesterday I did see there were talks about whether they might have to trade him because he's looking for maybe a starting role or like 18 to 20 million a year. Um, what does that? Go ahead, Martin. Don't How do it, Grant. To, is this the end of his contract year? Yeah, this is, uh, this is last year of his rookie. So, and what time does uh does it end tonight with a trade deadline? Uh, I think it's at midnight, isn't it? Yeah. I'm gonna keep all the way up to midnight. I think so. Well, what I heard was that the Celtics were trying to send Grant Williams and the big Italian center they got from the Spurs. No, San Antonio and to Cleveland for a player I couldn't pronounce his name <laughs> and two draft picks. I felt that, Martin. I, I don't, man. That. If I'm Grant, Russ, I don't know if I just don't want to try and work some kind of deal. I mean, you're at one of the premier franchises. I understand him wanting to be a starter, and I don't know if he can do that in Boston. But, yeah, man, you're in a good spot, and you were in the finals last year. A place and- where you can get a ring. Yeah, um, that's interesting. I, I, I'd not heard about that. I'll, I'll do some digging for you, though, Martin, see what I can find here during the break. Russell? Martin? I don't believe Grant Williams should get 14 million a year because they're giving their center, Robert Williams III, their starting center, 13 million a year. Over four years, that's $53 million. Yeah, he's not going to be making more than, than that guy. He's not going to be making over – Eight or nine million a year, and I'd be happy with that. Mm. He mm-hmm. might in another spot, though. Another team might, you know, Cleveland yeah. might, might Grant Williams might be worth that. For yeah, them. Milwaukee liked him. So I'm just going to put this. I, I, I have to believe it's 
a website called Hoops Rumor, so who really knows? Uh, but when I when I was doing some research trying to find Grant Williams in Cleveland rumors, apparently Cleveland.com had some sources say that the Cavs checked in on Grant Williams but got the sense that he's unavailable. So that doesn't mean that the right offer won't make them change their mind, uh, but I'm going to keep looking around seeing if I see anything else. Yes, yeah, Martin, I'm not so certain that the Celtics are wanting to see him. I mean, he did play – he came up big in the playoffs last year in at least one, if not two games, if I remember right. Yes. So. He's know. a good team player, I know that much, and he gives it all. He really plays great defense. I hope he finds what he's looking for. All right, I appreciate you, Russell. Thank you, Martin. Appreciate you. 865-546-8200, your number to get on. The Big Orange Phillies phone line is going to take a quick break here. When we continue, young Marcus Young has your top four at four. Tennessee football news, combine news, coordinators speaking, basketball tonight. A lot going on here on Rocky Top. We'll talk about it when we continue next right here on Fan Run Radio. 